Hello and welcome back to the card pool. The water is just fine. I'm your host, Stu. And I'm Kyle. And today we are doing a quick little magic moment for the new Commander set coming out known as Commander 2020. Yes, yes indeed. And this is following up on the uh, recent review that we did of the new Ikoria set, both of which are coming out on May 15th. And this is actually interesting for Commander because this is the first time that the release of a Commander product has been directly tied to a new set. And we will see that reflected in many of the cards here. Which is kind of cool. It's also awesome because we are in a little bit of the wedge set. But, you know, we'll wait on all those pleasantries. We'll just dump right on into the set right now. And we're going to take a look at the box-facing Commander. So if you go ahead and you buy the product, these are the guys right on the front. So we'll do a quick little breakdown on them. We're not going to do it for all the legendaries in the set, but we'll go ahead and give a little bit of what we think about this mechanic style, the color set, and how we feel as it is in Commander as a whole. So the first one, Kyle, I'm out of breath. You take it. All right. Well, first off here, we have the headliner for the Jeskai deck, Gavi Nest Warden. So that is blue, red, and white, and an additional two colorless here for a 2-5 Human Shaman. You use two abilities here. You can pay zero rather than pay the cycling cost of the first card you cycle each turn. And whenever you draw your second card each turn, create a 2-2 red and white dinosaur cat creature token. So, hey, landmark here because cycling actually gets its own cycling tribal commander finally. So, yay? I, I don't know that anybody was really cared about or asking for this. I know I certainly wasn't. And it's like, I don't know, it's pretty meh, if you ask me. Outside of the outside of a couple maybe potentially powerful things you could do with this, I don't see why this card makes any better commander for a cycling deck than pretty much any legendary creature you could choose. Cycling didn't need its own commander, I feel like. Oh, no, cycling could use its own commander because, again, it hasn't gotten much support. The only thing is I wish it was five colors or four colors. Like this would have been a great one to be one of each color for each type of cycling and go ahead and do this. Like why restrict yourself from two of the other colors that can also cycle? Like let's go ahead, bring it all in all together. But beyond that, I wouldn't say I hate this card. It like sure getting a free cycle effect is nice. This goes around and makes something like a fluctuator a little bit better like this makes this is a little bit better than fluctuator to say because there are cycling costs that are like eight or seven or five and stuff like that so being able to make them zero is awesome whereas most of them are typically around two three uh three two or one mana you're not really saving much on that cost right there but you are able to go ahead and generate a field which is pretty much the whole point of this deck right there it is about tokens but again why isn't it in green? Green's all about tokens. Sure, you can use Anointed Procession or something, but it really feels like this should be a, a four or five colored commander for me personally. Yeah, this does not feel like a Jeskai card at all in really any way. And I mean, like I said, are, are there some potentially powerful things you could do with this? Yes. I mean, cycling a Decree of Annihilation for zero and blowing up the field is going to make a lot of people really sad. Uh, yeah. However, outside of that, I don't see it. I really don't. Like, is it nice to be able to cycle one card for free every turn? And since, you know, the nature of cycling means you can do it on other people's turns and the way this card is worded, do I get a free draw every turn? Sure. I guess that's all right. But what do I get for the for the payoff? A token. Okay. Like, I don't get it. What's what's been the what's the point of this? And not yeah. to mention the fact 
then not to mention that it's whenever you draw your second card each turn, which is only going to be relevant on your own turn because you can't cycle for zero more than once every other turn. So you've got to invest mana in it. Why? Yeah, it's, it's a little goofy in that regard just for that because it's you want a little bit more. Like, sure, you can make tokens on other people's like turns, but if it's not having some sort of crazy ETB, like, sure, if you had R shards out, that would mean something. But you're not in green. You don't have that. So it's like this This would have been way better in five color. And it also kind of maybe needs one more line of text of some sort of effect to it. But again, there's not much more I can say about this besides it's It's not bad. It's just not great. Yeah, I'm passing on this one. Next. <laughs> all right. So for the next one, all right, I need you to tell me the name because I can't say it. <laughs> I think it's Jarena Kudrow. Jarena Kudrow, that sounds saucy. So that it is a four-drop commander, one generic for also adding in a red, white, and black for a human soldier with a 3-3 three, three body. And when this creature goes ahead and enters the battlefield, create a 1-1 one, one white human soldier creature token for each time you cast this commander from the command zone this game. Other humans you control get plus 2, plus 0. Oh. So this is an anthem. It's a tribal anthem commander. I'm not sure if it's actually supposed to be a commander. It seems more of a support card to me. Like, you'd rather this be in the 99, but then you wouldn't get the token. Like, uh, this well, is you actually know, one of the... You would, you would, though. You would, though, because you have to You have to note, whenever you, you get a token from each time you've cast a commander from the command zone this game. So if you've played your uh, commander three times and then you just cast her from your hand as, you know, one of your 99 cards, you get three tokens. Oh, then I take it back. I'm illiterate. <laughs> but, like, also, if this was the commander, it rewards you for losing your commander, which is not something you want to have happen. But, again, if this is a card in the 99, you can get decent value with this, being able to go ahead and sneak attack this in because you are in red, go ahead and blink this thing out, or recur it from the grave. So that effect as a card in the 99 is valid, and I think that's where this card should be. Well, so here, I mean, there's a lot of things to consider with this. We have a card from the Mardu wedge, which historically Queen Marchesa is in that same wedge, and that's one of the better like commanders out there overall. Yeah. It's really powerful. So here we have the human tribal commander. This is basically what this deck is supposed to be, human tribal. And is it decent? I guess, again... There's going to be a running theme in this in this video where I complain about how boring and generic these commanders are, and this is no exception. It's a step in the right direction. I think human tribal kind of needed a shot in the arm to be competitive, and this gives it that in semi-decent colors. However, it doesn't blaze any new trails. Ooh, an anthem effect. Ooh, a token effect. Big friggin' deal, really. <laughs> like... <laughs> It's We've just, seen it's, it before. It's well, it's basically Prosh, but Prosh is so much better than this. It's crazy. Yeah. It, uh, again, for these wedge sets, not again. This is the first time we're saying it. In our previous <laughs> video, we talked about it, but in this one, this is kind of like the first time we're seeing them try to give us solid foundation to these wedge colors. So it makes sense why they're going to be a little off grid, if that makes sense, because they're trying to figure out how they have a home in Commander, because they have only touched on this once and they're trying to make it so you're not as reliant on like the guilds to supplement this commander mm. so i respect them sticking their necks out for to try to make it so it has a little bit of, an, of a new face and that's cool 
And that doesn't mean they're going to get it right the first time. So it's all right for them to be like, all right, this is something that's going to be good for down the line. And that I can fully respect. But being the guy, the poster child for the box, I don't know. I think you could have done a little bit better for that. Yeah, it's a no for me, guys. Let's move on. So moving on to the third one. Now, this is the one that is Teamer. And I think Teamer is probably the one wedge that's been the most supported in the set. We're going to be looking at a card called Calamax the Storm Sire. Now, Kyle, this one Hey, is look at that. You got it right. I did get it right? Yeah, you got it right. All right, I'll, then I'll finish reading the card, and you can tell me <laughs> you just on it. All right, so this is a legendary creature. It's an elemental dino. You got to love that flare right there. It has a 4-4 body. And whenever you cast your first instant spell each turn, if this guy is tapped, copy that spell, and you may choose a new target for that copy. Whenever you copy a spell, go ahead and put a wall encounter on this guy. So, Kyle, you're all about casting instants and stuff, so how does this line up for you? Well, I like to call this guy Dino Riku because he basically is a dinosaur version of Riku of the Two Reflections, who is also a team or commander. It's not, it doesn't have the same reach as Riku does, but it has a very similar effect in that it wants you to play Spellslinger style, and it wants you to copy a lot of things. So how does this stack up to Riku? I, I don't think, it, it's an interesting new twist on this sort of thing, and in this card's defense, I think this is probably the strongest of all five of these commanders, just in a, in a vacuum. But still, it's, it's just boring, even still. Like... It's it's so easy to go infinite with this, honestly. And the color combination promotes some reliable combos, but those combos are just extremely predictable. Is it good? Yes. Am I excited to build a deck around it? No. No, I'm not. That's a fair point. And actually, Teamer's the one that, we, like I said, that we've seen the strongest foundation of what it could be. We have seen cards like Riku before, and Riku is actually kind of torn. Do you go for a Spellslinger style, or do you go ahead and make a creature variant of it? And that's the joy of that deck. You can go ahead and do both, or one, or even neither at that point. So this is kind of like a half a Riku. It's going more along the line of the Spellslinger route. And the cool thing about this is it doesn't require mana to go ahead and do this. You just have to go ahead and attack your creature, which can be done in a variety of ways, auras, equipment, vehicles, or just flat out attacking. And then you just play something and then you get it again. It feels good for that. And actually, I almost feel like this is kind of trying to promote a Boros style. Like, hey, I'm going to go ahead and attack and get some sort of quick play with that. It almost has that the combat step matters feel, which is very unusual in Teamer because Teamer really doesn't care about that. Just beyond having a little bit of red, it's not like, hey, I can't wait to make my guy have first strike. Bam, you didn't see that coming. Eat it. Or like, now it's got indestructible. Whoa, in your face. Like, it's kind of a little odd in that regard. Well, I mean, there are ways to tap him down without attacking. Like, for example, like a spring leaf drum where you can tap him for mana or an opposition where you can tap him to tap other people's creatures. Like I said before, my problem with this card is not that it's not powerful. It is. Don't get me wrong. It is. But I see the lines of play here almost immediately. You play a twin cast, for example. Copy each other, copy, 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 infinite, 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 giant dinosaur, kill somebody. Cool. You play a, you know, you play a cackling counterpart on whatever creature you want. You know, probably a dual caster mage, which you can tutor up because green is the creature tutor color. Copy, 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 infinite, 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 kill people with lots of dual caster mages. It's just like, it's not, it's not that it's not good. It's just, I've seen this deck done a million times before. 
and I'm not excited by another version of it. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm just it's not. It's more of the same. It's like the same thing we've seen again with like, you know, a uh, merciless executioner, and now oh, we got Fleshbag Marauder. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's just we know. It, yeah, it it's been like, it's <laughs> been done. Like, try some new territory, guys. For the love of God, come on. Yeah. It's like don't just yeah yeah. Well, I'm gonna go back to Fleshbag and Merciless. This one's a zombie. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> that's different now. Like that's yeah. that's kind of like the only thing. It's like <laughs> all right, but if anything, if they're trying to go in a more of a groove, saying like Kimer is notoriously going to be known for this now, then that's something else. Because like Mousestrom Wander, like a little bit more of an old school version of Commander back then, was a very creature oriented style, and it was a, a competitive version of doing it. Not like, not a CEDH scene as we see it today, but again for old school Commander, it was like seen as like oh that's a Maelstrom deck. Brace yourself. You know what's going to come at you. So it's kind of refreshing to see like they're trying to give this its own identity. And that's what I'm taking out of this, more or less. Yeah, well, moving right along, I think let's just go to another. Uh, this one's very much more interesting to, to think about, at least. But a ne the next co commander here that we have to consider is from the Abzan Wedge. So that's white, black, green. And it's going to be Cathril Aspect Warper. Ooh, that thing looks creepy. It's a nightmare insect, <laughs> and it is a 3-3 for 5. So when Cathril enters the battlefield, you put a flying counter on any creature you control if a creature card in your graveyard has flying. Then you repeat that same process for first strike, double strike, death touch, hexproof, indestructible, lifelink, menace, reach, trample, and vigilance. <laughs> then, then... Put a plus one plus one counter on Cathril for each creature, for each counter put on a creature in this way. So, yeah, I mean, that's a wall of text, but I'm going to break it down for you very simply. Yay, we get another spin on the tried, true, and extremely tired Cairn Wanderer Soul Flayer Keywords Soup deck. Awesome. And I, I'm being totally sarcastic because it's not at all awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty much like evergreen effects matters deck, but only kind of because it has to be in the grave. So you have to go ahead and fill the grave, which I mean, you just go Golgari or Gave or something else like that or Kalidor, mm -hmm. and that's just good on its own right there. So why would you run this guy over something like that where this is going to need a lot more? You really wouldn't, and that's why I'm saying this card, again, would probably fall into the 99. This could be a better form of support. Go ahead and make it you have a beater. You have added effects onto other things to give them evasion or make them more aggressive or more lethal, whatever you're trying to do. So this could be a kind of modal, I don't know, finishing piece, but yeah, well, it's not I... that efficient, though. Yeah, well, uh, the bottom line for me is that this wedge in particular actually has very good commanders already, namely Carador and Gave. And is this card better than either of those? No, it's not, no matter how you try to slice it. I mean, there is potentially a big upside with this. Like, let's just consider that you have a flying creature, an indestructible creature, and a hexproof creature in the graveyard. This then comes in as a 6-6 six, six for 5, as a flying indestructible hexproof that's pretty scary when it's your commander like it, and when something has indestructible and hexproof you can pretty much forget ever getting it off the field so is that kind of is that kind of a terrifying situation to be in yes and in fairness i did try to brew with this card i did 
I had the idea, ooh, what if I use this with cycling creatures, cycling creatures that have keyword abilities? Toss them out, toss them out, draw more, toss them out, eventually get a critical mass in the graveyard, play this guy, and then Voltron people to death. Is it, is it an interesting strategy? Yes. Is it viable? No. <laughs> I found out it was extremely slow. So, yeah. It's clunky. Yeah, in that regard. Yeah, very clunky. Not good. Well, like in that regard, it's it's probably better. It's a card to put in the grave to go ahead again, make it so you have something that's big out there. Give it a whole different kind of style. It's a win more kind of card. It's not going to make it so like it'll save you if you're in trouble, and it's not going to mm. give you an advantage. But it's it's a win more kind of thing, and those exist. Yeah. Sometimes you want to use them. Sometimes you don't. It's at your discretion. I mean, basically, like, if you want to play this card in Commander, go you for being original, I guess. But trust me, play Gaver Carador. You'll be happier. <laughs> so moving on to the final Commander that we are going to be taking a look at. This one is called, well, I know most of those words, uh, <laughs> Atrami the Everplateful. This costs six mana, three generic, and a black, green, and a blue for a nightmare beast creature with a 6-6 six, six body. This has Mutate, which I'll get into in a second, but also it has Trample, and whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player, return target creature card with Mutate from your graveyard to your hand. And then it has the Mutate, like I said, where you can go ahead and pay one generic, a black, a green, and a blue, and if you cast this card for that cost, put it over or under target non-human creature you own. They Mutate into a creature on top, plus the abilities underneath. So we talked about how Mutate works uh, in our previous video, but we'll touch on it in this one as well. This is a physical representation of the stack. Whatever's on top has everything that's underneath, which is pretty cool, because you can line stuff up and be like, hey, this one here, this one shows this has got flying. This one here, this one's got this. This one's uh, whatever. So this is an interesting card because it goes ahead and it can recur Mutate cards from the grave which is very valuable for the fact that we don't have a lot of mutate cards. So if you lose one, being able to recur it without having to waste like an E-Wit or something on it is nice. So you can just go ahead, use this card, get that effect. This can be the commander. But with that being effect, this is almost like a toolboxy kind of card where you'd rather in the 99 as well. Obviously, I'm riding that train. So, Kyle, I have a feeling I'm... You're just going to explode and say it's garbage. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, I, not in so many words, but I, I won't I won't bother rehashing all my arguments against Mutate here. You can watch the other video for that where I explain it to an extremely tiresome degree, probably. But it's yes. just, yeah. I mean, I don't have anything against this in principle, but all my problems with Mutate go doubly so when we're talking about a Mutate commander. Um, this is, I mean, is it possibly useful? Yes. Um, just the first time you play it from the command zone with its mutate cost, you're basically turning any creature you want into a 6-6 six, six with trample for four mana. Not too bad, you know? That, that, that's actually not a bad investment. And the idea of getting mutates back from the graveyard to your hand to reuse them, also not too bad in principle. But honestly, like it, once it starts getting more expensive, six mana for a six six with trample eight mana for a six six with trample i really don't care at that point i, I, I don't is, is this going to be better the, the question you have to ask yourself what is the advantage of playing this over any of the other soul commanders 
there isn't one. I'll save you the trouble of thinking because there isn't one. I See, I'll disagree with you on that one. Just for the fact where this is being mutate, we're seeing a new mechanic here, it does have a little bit more value in that regard that it is something that is different. And also for the fact that it has... So again, this isn't the card on top. This is the card on bottom. So you want to get the trample effect. This has trample. Why do you want that effect? Because it can get you a solid bit of value right there. Okay, that's not horrible. As long as you have something on the field that's big enough for this. So, but if you think about how the game's going, if you're trying to play this out as early as possible, you're going to have smaller things out first and then later have big things out. So you almost want this to be the 6-6, which goes a little bit against being able to get that trample damage through. So it's a little tough. And that's why I'm saying it's probably better as the 99. It's This is like like your uh, Green Warden of Barasa for Elementals. This is your way to recur that's in a tribal kind of sense of a mechanic. Yeah, I just, bottom line for me is Mutate wasn't good enough for me to play even when there wasn't a commander deck based around it. That's the fact that there is, still don't care. <laughs> Doesn't make You're any difference. You're gonna eat those to me. words, Kyle. You're a hundred percent gonna eat those words. Oh yeah, I bet. Right. And also, this is in black, like we said with um, mutate. If one thing goes, the whole stack of the cards with it goes. Since this is black, rise of the dark realms is a potential option to go ahead. Hey, I'll go Voltron. I can go narrow in a deck strategy, and then go ahead and bring the home brave back out. And now I can go wide. So it's a really cool way to adapt your field presence right there being able to be like, hey, I need something that's really big right now to go ahead and do something. Or I need multiple bodies on the field because they're doing Grave Pack, or they're doing a lot of spot removal, or doing some sort of combat. But, yeah, but you can say that about pretty much any commander in these colors especially. Like, are you really going to tell me this is better than Sadisi or Tassiger or uh, Yarok? Yeah, just look no. at the artwork. The artwork's way better than any of the <laughs> other ones. And is it just a little playful little scamp right here, just having a great time? Look at look at the di little dickens right there. That's just they adorable. did somehow they did manage to make nightmares cute. I don't know how they did it, but they did it. Yeah, well, it is a beast. That's the reason why <laughs> it was a nightmare elemental. Terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so that's the five commanders. We're gonna go ahead and touch onto the hidden gems real fast. Mm -hmm. These are three cards that we like that weren't of the three most expensive cards that are in these commander products. Kyle and I are going to have very big different views on this because I'm <laughs> obviously correct. All right. So at number three, I'll be talking about an artifact card called Manascape Refractor. Now, this, again, is a three-drop artifact that enters the battlefield tapped. Now, this thing has all activated abilities of all lands in the battlefield, not just yours, and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to pay the activation cost for this card's activated abilities. Which is pretty wild right there, because if you were to go ahead and make it so you have the effect of somebody's land, and it's out of color, you couldn't be able to use it. Well, this has the added caveat of making you be like, hey, that's not the case. So, why do I like this card so much? It enters tap, which kind of hurts, and especially if this is supposed to be a three-drop rock, that hurts. And it, yeah, it does. But the potential value on this thing over a three-drop rock is huge. The being for the fact if anyone is going for any kind of combo or combination of lands to give them an advantage over somebody else, this can go ahead and give you the same thing for a lot less work. So I'm looking at Cabal Coffers and Herbord. If some mono black decks out there using this, well, usually that effect is just for them. Maybe someone has some way to clone a land. 
well, this thing can be a mana rock for you until that happens. And when it does, you get all that extra mana from Cabal Coffers because you will have all swamps as well. Just for having a way to be able to keep up to speed with some of those competitive lands and also expensive lands. A guy's cradle. Awesome card. We all know it. We don't all have the money for it. Play this card. It does that as a supplemental effect. Also, if you're not in green and you want to have that effect, you now have that effect. And that is pretty wild. Any expensive land that you've ever wanted to put in and you play in a group of people who have endless budgets to go ahead and buy whatever cards they want to throw in there, you now have a clone for that. And that is awesome. And I talk I, like, <laughs> I like I'm not going to say that this card isn't good. It's just weird. Like, I have no idea what to do with this thing. Like, how do I benefit? Told you what to do with it. But it just feels like so much work, though. Like, why Why would I break my back to go ahead and play this for, I don't know, maybe depending on what somebody else plays, getting something good, or maybe it doesn't even work with my deck. Who knows? Like, is it is it easy? It's an easier way to get Dark Depths off, I guess. That's one positive. Um, is it cool to have a second Cabal Coffers or a second Nykthos? That's what sure. I was that. But... I don't know, man. Like, is this better than... It, like, because we've talked about three-drop mana rocks recently. Is this better than, like, a Chromatic Lantern? Is this better than a Commander's Sphere? I don't know. I don't know that it is, honestly. Will some decks like this and think that it's cool? Possibly. Uh, but, yeah. I don't know. I just don't see it. I really it's, don't see it. So, it's a three-drop Felwar Stone, if that puts it into a perspective of how to actually line this up. And for that one extra mana... It's now any land out there that looks enticing, it's that. So if you need a strip mine, this is a strip mine. Also, for the fact where it's like, if there's anything to go ahead and use blanket effects on lands, you can go ahead and make it so like you can still go ahead and take that effect. It's, this is something It's just out of the box awesome. Because we see clones for artifacts, creatures, enchantments. Now we got one for lands. That's a big deal. And this is tutorable and workable in any deck. And I think it's something that when you see it in action, you're going to be like, all right, I might need to try to make room. Well, for this is one of those things. I think it, it's it's such a broad and, and weird kind of effect. I, I think I can't really properly just evaluate it right now. I'd have to see it played. Like, and hey, maybe I will change my mind after I see it played. But right now, I'm just kind of like, meh. But, yeah, we'll I'll, see. I'll be willing to wait for you to admit that, Kyle. Don't worry, I have all the time. But for your <laughs> number three, what are you telling us about? All right. Well, my number three is going to Fireflux Squad. Now, this is a human soldier creature. costs four mana, to, uh, three generic, one red, for a 4-3 with haste. When Fireflux Squad attacks, you may exile another target attacking creature you control. If you do, reveal cards from the top of your deck until you reveal a creature card. Put that card onto the battlefield tapped and attacking and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Now, the reason I picked this card as one of my hidden gems is, once again, as in the last video when I was talking about the awesome new Boros Commander from Ikoria, Card Advantage is the name of this game. There are some colors that don't get it as frequently as others, and red in particular needs all the card advantage it can get. What's one of the things that red does really, really well? Make tokens, right? Usually the tokens are very small and get outclassed over the course of the game. So this guy right here, not only can he do it, but he can do it the turn he comes out because he has haste. All you have to do is swing with him and one other token creature, 
and you turn that token into, you know, the sky is the limit, really. Turn it into an Eldrazi Titan, turn it into something maybe more manageable, but just any good creature. It's a polymorph for red, and that, an especially explosive color combination of abilities there. So I like it. I mean, I can see where it might be vulnerable, but I do really like this kind of card advantage for red. Yeah, you're vulnerable with the attack because if the board state is not up, not set up for the fact that you want to go ahead and attack, but you need to go ahead and get something else out on the field, this might be a potential one-shot effect for you. But again, there's ways to protect. You also don't know how the board set's always going to be. And this does exile, so if you don't go ahead and hit a token, it might feel bad exiling something. But again, your commander can always come back. That's always a potential option. It's just not always the one most people want to go ahead and take. And I agree with you. This is a very solid card for that. It's only thing I got to say, it's just on a creature, it just seems like it could be potentially taken away real fast. But again, it's on the attack and not like a damage-based effect, which is what gives it a stronger point and pretty much gives it its value. Yeah, like, you like I said... Ahead, you can go ahead and do like a Dolmen Gate kind of thing with this, where it's like, all right, the attacking stuff doesn't matter. Or like you can go ahead and use any kind of little things to go ahead and protect your stuff. I think this would probably be pretty good in like a Feather deck, where it's like, okay, I can go ahead and bring some sort of big thing out like that and go for it. Or any, pretty much any Boros or anything that's all about combo or attack steps or anything like that this is a very solid piece of uh, material and arguably a staple this helps red convert from the early game to the late game which is a skill that it desperately needs to have more of so any kind of any form of that cheating stuff into play for free getting your big creatures out earlier i'll take it red needs more reach and this gives it that agreed agreed and it's not just impulse either um so now moving on to number two for me right here. Now this is a card I know Kyle's going to hate. It's called <laughs> Nesting Grounds. Now this is a land that we've got here. It can tap to produce one generic and for one mana and tapping it, you can move a counter from target permanent you control onto another target permanent. Activate this ability any one time you could cast a sorcery. So we know why this is in this set. We're going ahead and we're seeing this. We're seeing this released in a commander set with a Ikoria set with it. And that one has counters where they can be lifelink or death touch or reach or vigilance. So being able to move those around is kind of like the play that was forcing for this. And again, we all had the idea of counters being plus ones and minus ones. So like the minus ones would work great in Hapatra. You can go ahead and make it so you can create tokens and stuff like that. But that's kind of like the small peanuts here. Like you just think counters and you're like, yeah, no big deal. But this is any target permanent. So this can go ahead and remove counters from lands so if you have a glacial chasm you can go ahead and remove cumulative upkeep counters from it to lower the cost for that and being able to cantrip that over and over again makes it so you're paying a constant amount of life that is capped off at a plateau which is actually really really good in that regard but the thing that really gets me stoked about this is planeswalkers planeswalkers use loyalty abilities and to typically grow them up to the point of getting an emblem, there's a certain amount of turns where it takes to go ahead and do this outside the form of proliferating. This is almost like proliferating for one from a target planeswalker to another. Being able to go ahead and take that turn clock down faster to get that emblem is a big deal. And if you're running Super Friends, I'd argue you want to use this as a new staple for that type of deck build. I mean, again... 
I, I don't know, Stu. I, I don't totally hate it, so you're wrong about that. Huh. Yeah, I, but, I, you're just biting your tongue because I said that. I don't know. Just, it's like, it, it, is it interesting? Yes. Extremely situational? Also, yes. Helpful? Debatable. Like, it's just oh, very, helpful, 100%. Again, it's a very odd card. Moving plus one, plus one counters around to different creatures probably isn't really that great. Keyword counters, maybe. Loyalty on Planeswalkers, maybe. I feel like we've seen this kind of ability before, and it hasn't gotten any press before, so why do I care about it now? Well, actually, there are some dumb, janky ways to make this into spot removal, which that's actually very interesting, <laughs> a land that can go ahead and kill stuff. Like I was saying before with Cumulative Upkeep, you can go ahead and make it so something can get an aura to give it Cumulative Upkeep. And make it so that it has a counter. Being able to make it so that this land could potentially kill is something we haven't really seen in a land by Wizards. That right there, again, if we ever get a land that can flat out kill something, sure, sign me up. That's definitely better than this. But a pseudo kind of step where it can go through some circles, yeah, new age. I don't know. Like it's an, another one of those cards that it's just in the right deck. Could it do some work? Probably, but I'm not trying to jam this into everything I build or even probably most things I build. I just think there are better things in this. Like, I mean, if you're going for proliferate Karn's bastion, that's just way better than this. Uh, just for one example. Yeah, but it costs more mana. And wouldn't you want to sometimes put, get that effect twice on some permanents? You do. So being able to double down with that, with another one, feels good and maybe eh, i don't know it's just the i feel like there's i feel like the reach on this is not as good as you think it is i think for super friends it's got a huge realm of power and we are seeing a lot more super friend support and that's why something like Karns bastion is always going to be known but this is going to be kind of like the one in the shadows it's not going to be an extremely money card but it's going to be something that's always going to be a useful tech card for those decks but eh, anything's possible way, i guess but yeah. uh Let's move like you're on. you being wrong. Yeah, we'll see. But number two on my list of hidden gems is Tidal Barracuda. Now, this is a blue creature that costs three generic, one blue for four mana cost total, and it's a fish with a three-four body. Any player may cast spells as though they had flash, and your opponents can't cast spells during your turn. So this one was kind of a one-two punch for me seeing this card because I was like, oh, any player may cast spells though they had flash i was like oh boo another group hug card i hate group hug cards no thank you but then it's like oh but then your opponents can't cast spells during your turn so i was like wait a minute what's the drawback here i'm like desperately searching for a drawback on this i'm like oh there isn't one there just isn't like everything you have has flash nobody can mess with your stuff win-win right like come on i don't see the downside of this at all well, there's some, Kyle. Um, How? So, Name yeah, it, I dare you. So it's it's definitely getting like a Grand Abolisher effect with this, which is the one thing that does note for that. And being able to flash stuff out makes it so that you can have kind of a Teferi effect, um, which is awesome. Like Teferi Mage of Zalfir, I believe yeah. is the one. That effect is pretty good. But, again, it doesn't take much for your opponent to go ahead and destroy the field on another opponent's turn. So it's like, we'll say four-player magic, you, me, A, B. All right, you end your turn, it goes to me. Someone can just go ahead and destroy your board with the Wrath of God then. 
it's like, yeah, they just can't play anything during your turn. Sure. But once your turn's over, you're dead in the water. But this doesn't mean that it's a bad card. I just think it is a little bit vulnerable where you're thinking it isn't. If you go ahead and play extra turn cards, this is a great way to be the nail in the coffin. They can't counter those extra turns. They can't stop you. You got to keep doing whatever you want until you want to say no. And that's the true value in this card. Is is it better than the Dalkinori? Mm, no. Maybe. Oh no, definitely not. I'm not trying to make. I'm not trying to say that. However. I, well, I think it possibly could be, but again, it's artifact, but it depends on what you're trying to do. That's pretty much it. But I mean, my point is, I mean, a Grand Abolisher plus a Vidalcan Orrery, that's a pretty darn good card right there. And if people are going to like play instant speed board wipes and blow up your board, like I don't have an issue with that. They were, they could do, they could have done that anyway, in any number of ways. You're not really giving them anything new with this card, really. I mean, yeah, it doesn't really make that much of a difference to me. Is is I mean, is it kind of giving other people an advantage to play spells with flash on other people's turns? Yeah, sure. However, if somebody plays a creature on if it, somebody plays a creature like on somebody else's turn, the idea is that it then kind of has pseudo haste and it can attack. But this card stops people from doing that. So once it's your turn, can other people just spam out creatures and attack you on their turn? No, because they can't play spells during your turn. So you're not the one that has to worry about it. Other people at the table have to worry about it. See, this is a card I kind of want to have phasing with. Because the way to get the true ability of this is like, all right, on your turn it comes in. And when it's not your turn, it's out. And when it's out, it's giving them no value. So you could probably go through some workarounds with that. And also, this guy's got way too big of an ability uh, of a body for this effect. I was kind of hoping it would be like a two-two for that, like something Elish Norn could possibly kill. Yeah, yeah I bet four, you are. Oh yeah, but it's like you have flash. They also have flash. Sure, and you have an unmolested turn cost four mana and that big of a body. Like it's not even lightning boltable. I think they gave it a little bit too much, but. Hey, I think it's just right. It's a budget Vidalcan Orrery, and I will take budget Vidalcan Orrery any day. It even I might have take, upside in some cases. I will take a budget Vidalcan Orrery as well. I totally agree with you with that. As long as I'm in blue, which I'm not. So I guess hmm. I won't, Kyle. Now moving on to number Your one. Your loss. Your loss. Your loss. <laughs> You'll never understand the real value of magic. All right, number one card for me coming out here is a card called Netherborn Altar. Now this is a two-drop artifact. It's in black, it costs one generic and a black for it. You go ahead, you tap this, put a soul counter on this altar, and put your commander into your hand from the command zone. Then you lose three life for each soul counter that is put onto this Netherborn altar. So this is the artifact version of Command Beacon. This is one of the few ways that we actually are able to go ahead and put a commander into your hand. There's... And Command Beacon's pretty much it. That's the only way to make it so it gets out of the zone and goes into there, which is amazing. Nobody's really been screaming about this card or saying much about this card, and it's amazing me that that's the case because, especially in black, how many commanders are kind of hard to bring out because you can't cast them from your command zone? You got Phage. Like, Phage, this Phage is now can be way easier to use. Yeah, no, Stu, I mean, I was giving you that. I was giving you the applause before because, like, honestly, I can't argue with this one. I can't find fault with it. It is the hidden gem of this set, and that's all there is to it. I can't argue with it. Like, it's, yeah, it's really powerful, as you said. Like, I mean, just for me, personally, 
this is going right into Rona. Can you imagine how fun that's going to be? Well, fun, loose <laughs> terms, but sure, yeah, Rona. Uh, but yeah, yeah, this is a super solid card, and it's something that I think we've been wanting and needing for a long time. If it were colorless, that would be absolutely busted. It's not, though. It's only for decks with black in it, so it's slightly less busted, but it's still still kind of busted i think well, i think all right so it just goes to show you black really can do whatever it wants <laughs> and this card is the prime example of that and yeah also like black can't really tutor for artifacts but it can tutor for anything and that's what kind of makes this a reality for black you can make a phage deck that can be a lot more aggressive than before because instead of just having to tutor out for a land or getting something that tutored for a land, you can get this, which is way better, more usable, recurrable, and Black actually has a few ways to bring artifacts back from the grave. So this is something for five bucks pre-market going out there is, I say, definitely going to go up in value. I think so too. And like a lot of, like unlike a lot of cards, this is one where you don't want to put more counters on it. However, it's a card that benefits from you getting rid of counters. So I can't wait to play this with Hex Parasite and just om nom nom those counters away so you never lose any life. <laughs> and also, it costs like you lose three life. Big deal. Like, that, yeah. that's, like, I, like, that's extremely costs, small potatoes in Commander. And it costs no mana to use. I am just flabbergasted with this <laughs> card. Because honestly, if it was, you, you pay two to put it into play. And then it's like, whatever the amount of times the commander died, like, divided by two is what it costs. So it cuts the mana, like, the commander tax down by one. Like, if yeah. anything would have been fine. But they went ahead and they made this Hail Mary. It should be a mythic for commander. I don't know why it isn't. But yeah, this is very, very solid. I love it. So, Thanks. yeah, I'm all about this card. Do you love it more than your number one? I, I might, yeah, but I'm going to have to go and explain my number one anyway, because it's pretty sweet, too. So my number one for this set is a card called Molten Echoes. Now, this is an enchantment on the other side of the spectrum in red. It costs two generic and double red. And as I said, an enchantment here that when it enters the battlefield, you choose a creature type. So yes, it is a tribal, it is a tribal support card. Now, what do you get? Whenever a non-token creature of the chosen type enters the battlefield under your control, create a token that's a copy of that creature with haste and exile it at the beginning of the next end step. Deceptively simple ability, but wow, is that powerful. Like, just imagine this card in any number of different tribal strategies. You're basically getting a two-for-one every time you play a creature, and with haste no less. Yes, Yes, you lose the token, although if you play around with things like Sundial of the Infinite, you don't necessarily have to lose the token. But yeah, in most cases, you will lose the token, but it's there to be sacrificed. Any kind of ETB abilities you get, you get again. And just the amount of uses for this in tribal strategies is staggering to me. I Yeah, any good tribe, like Slivers have a lot of ETBs, okay. This is just more fuel for that gas. Or they even have stuff to go ahead and sack themselves for some effect. Sack the token. No big deal. You're not losing anything right there as well. Reaper King loves this just for the fact that you get two triggers to go ahead and blow up any permanent you want. So it's any deck where you want to have more copies enter, this is it. This is it. Whether it's a quantity of creature or just a flat out like solid ETB, this is it. And it doesn't even cost you any mana outside of it. You just leave it out and it goes. Yeah. 
No, for the record, I can and would play this if it would cost like six mana. The fact that it costs four is just a icing on the cake. Like, really? Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. Because uh, it just also has to... um, Because the creature just has to enter. And it just has to not be a creature token, right? So right. how hard is that? You sneak attack something in, you get two. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> right? As long as it's not legendary, you get two. This is going to be a card that's definitely going to go up just for, like, Perforos solid value engine right in there. Anything that cares about having, like, big stuff enter, like, um, I always forget the name. It's the red, white, and black commander that's all about demons, dragons, and angels. When Kalia. She oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But this is Kalia. This is great. You get twice the fun. If it's legendary, you lose one. You still get the ETB. It's wild great yeah, plus card. remember that remember anala the grixis wizard commander you know etb is galore be great you get one more copy of that in the deck like panharmonicon and this and anala you're getting like four triggers every time you play a wizard like holy crap the <laughs> only thing is is that they did give it a color identity you almost wish they put two colors with it just to kind of make it so it wasn't as easily accessible it feels like a, it feels like an is it card it kind of does doesn't it no, not is it because is it's all about the spells. I was kind of say thinking more or Boros card. Yeah, yeah, that might be too. Yeah, more Boros. I can see that. Like, because I mean, does Boros need this? Yes, and like you can go ahead and put in any of the tri colors that have Boros like supplementary in there. Yeah, I, I I would say like even put it hybrid. It's hybrid Boros for both of those. Yeah, but yeah. again, six mana is that still a good effect? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely so, so moving yeah. on to the money cards, <laughs> money cards. Um, so these are the cards that we weren't allowed to pick no matter how much we wanted to talk about them or not um, so the first card that we're going to be talking about is a $30 one as of now pre-market Fierce Guardianship now this <laughs> card here is a 3 drop instant or is it it costs 2 generic and mm. an island and it reads if you control a commander you may cast this card without paying its mana cost. Counter target non-creature spell. So we see sprinkled throughout magic a handful of ways to cheat counters into play. Exile a card that's blue. Put it into play. Do or like oh, there's a huge variety of things. Pay the cost later, otherwise you'll lose the game. This like, there's a huge variety of counter spells, and this is gonna be the best counter spell in commander just for the fact that it can be free and it's tied to commander this is where you feel like wizards finally is figuring out what commander is and what it wants and i think they got it right but i don't know man like is this i, I is this admittedly very powerful yes is it overall healthy for the format i i don't know i don't think so i really don't think having a, a, another yet another free counter spell that commander players can throw around is a good idea like uh, but i mean not only that but once again let's just continue the train of boring repetitive uninspired card design Ooh, free spells yay that's well, new but that's the thing a lot of free spells are super expensive because they're used in other formats this is one that's special to us it Again, will be a decently expensive card just for like what you can use it for. But again, this being commander specific, there will only be a cap of this. And if anyone can use this, especially being in blue, is great. But that also means the commander has to be on the field. The count that the commander gets countered, 
you don't get this for free. And most commanders do get countered because of that reason. So, like, sure, this might be free sometimes, but sometimes you might have to use this before your commander is out. So, you know, risk-reward depends on who you're using, who the commander is. If you're using a six-drop commander, it's turn four. You'll probably just hard cast this. It's just a different can uh, form of cancel and stuff like that. Well, it's not even great that great because it only counters non-creature spells. I mean, I don't know. Like I said, is this a good card? Of course. You really can't argue that it's good. Like, free spells are good spells. But is it exciting? No. Is it healthy for the format? Again, I would argue not. Free spells also, are not good. <laughs> since it's not targeting your anyone's creatures, it makes it so that the commanders are still playable. And again, what's commander about? Playing the commander. So I think it's pretty on point for that. I, I don't know, man. And yeah, I, I just don't I just don't care for it. Like I don't think it's good for the game overall. I'm gonna stick with that. That's You're my crazy. argument. I'm sticking to You're it. Oh, yeah, crazy. okay. <laughs> so moving on to number two. You got this one. What's it say? Yes. So this is the only other legend we're actually going to talk about because it cracked the money cards. Number two on our list is Zaraxa, the Exemplary. And it's a $19 card. It's a 2-3 Nightmare Hydra from the Soltai color wedge, which is black, green, and blue. And it costs one more, so it's a four drop. It has Death Touch, the ability to tap and add two mana of any one color. And then also, whenever you cast a spell with X in its mana cost, Create a 0-0 green Hydra creature token, and then put X plus 1 plus 1 counters on it. So, alright, this is the only card of the three money cards that I think should actually be here. Like, this is a card worth talking about. And it's probably, like, the only commander in the set that's really worth talking about. Because it's the only good one, in my opinion. I mean, is, is it, uh, like, is it interesting? Yes. The idea of, like, maybe Hydra Tribal, Expel Tribal in awesome colors, that's pretty cool. This is a very powerful ability, and not to mention that it just a two-card combo that, like, immediately when it was printed, everybody pointed out, freed from the reel, where one mana to untap it, tap it to produce two mana. It goes infinite mana just with one card. I mean, I'm sure there are others, too, but... Yeah, and for Expel Tribal, oh, I don't know how infinite mana could be broken and busted. Yeah. So, <laughs> no, I agree you with know? you. Well, but that's also the thing I like about it. So I, I'm also amazed this isn't the poster child for the set. Like it should have been. It it definitely should have been. Like it just it just is a little goofy for me in that regard. But so I love how you can actually use the mana for spells that don't have X in them. Because we've seen that before, where it's like the commanders are all about the X spells. They can only go for the X spells. There's like the green red giant. I never remember his name. Um, so oh, Roshin Meanderer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's where like, that's kind of like old school, kind of like X commanders right there. And this is definitely a step in the right direction. I mean, I only thing I can say is they got to stop making commanders that can go infinite. <laughs> just for being the commander, like that's uh, that's that's just only going to be a point at some point for them to stop doing. But beyond that, you can go ahead. You can create an army. This is meant to be a spell slinger deck. But the funny thing about this is there's no red in this at all. This isn't an is it commander, and this feels like it should be an is it commander. Not necessarily. There are a lot of creatures with X in their mana cost. A bunch of hydras. I mean, you could just make hydra tribal with this. Like if you want to just do that, you can. You can, yeah, but yeah, that's the beauty about this. You, it's like, sure. Do I want to play an X spell to draw a lot of cards? You can. Do I want to play an X spell to burn something out? You can. 
Do I want to play an X spell to search for whatever? You can. And that's actually really unique about this. It could be a Hydra tribal deck, you know, Hail Hydra, um, or mm-hmm. just make it so it's just good value X spells. Like, and we only see a good solid bit of X spells. We sell the Eldrazi's that are, that, uh, that is X. I never remember the guy's name. Uh, Endless one or something. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remembered one. That's uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is the like, only commander that I feel like in this set they actually put thought into designing. Like this is a cool standout card design that's never been done before. I like it. And I feel like they actually got it right. It has death touch, which kind of doesn't matter if you need to use this as a blocker, it's going to feel bad, but you have it as the option. It's got the body stats that go with it. It's got a, a solid like triggered effect and the activated ability to go with it like this is one I think that they actually kind of put in a solid space. Uh, set it up the right way. Four mana for all this. Yeah, I, I actually agree with them for, for once. For this time yeah, of if I didn't already have two Soul Tie decks, I would be making a third <laughs> with this. <laughs> so, moving on to number three, it's going to be another card Kyle is going to hate. It is hmm. number three for around $16. We have Deadly Rollick. Now, Deadly Relic is an instant that costs four mana, three generic, and a black. And if you control your commander, you may cast a spell without paying its command uh, without paying its mana cost. Exile target creature. So, again, a mechanic Kyle hates. I can relish in that moment, but also <laughs> for the fact that this is going against the uh, the counter spell. This can go ahead and exile target creature, where the other one doesn't touch creatures. I almost kind of want to see this hit something that's not a creature, but again, we're in black, so. Black typically has trouble hitting enchantments and other things like that. So they couldn't go ahead and do that. But I wish it was in green where it's like destroy target non-creature permanent like that. That would be very flavorful. It would work for commander. It's not breaking green at all what, what it wants to do. And I think that would have been perfect. But this card as it goes, we've been seeing a lot of four drop black instants to go ahead and spot removal creatures or creatures and planeswalkers. So this is not too different from what we've gone ahead and seen but it does beg to the question like what is the best four drop instant removal in black for creatures well i can tell you it's definitely not this one (laughs) (laughs) i mean they're just eh, like more free spells really guys i don't get this one especially the okay the counter spell one i understand maybe but this one just like for free one for one removal that only gets rid of creatures. Who cares? There's so many better cards than this for four mana. Why bother? It's just such uninspired card design to me. Well, it frustrates me. It depends on who your commander is. Because again, for, like let's say you go ahead and you play out a creature that does have four mana. If you're tapped out, it looks like you have no response. Being able to be deceptive like that is nice. And well, who wouldn't want to have that opportunity to be like, all right, I'll just cast my commander now and you can't do anything about it. Well, hold your horses there, Timmy. I can. And now say goodbye and pay the commander tap, please. Like it, it makes it so like you don't, if somebody taps out, you don't feel safe. And no matter what the budget is, like if any player is just coming into commander now and buys this set and has this in there, they have it. Whether their deck looks like they put a lot of like money into it, you now have to consider this kind of, interaction with the board where you typically need to have an expensive card yeah i just yeah i don't know i I mean again i can't really argue that this is technically speaking good because free spells are good spells but 
I just, yeah, it's just boring. I, I want, for my Commander products especially, I look for innovation. I look for inspiration. I look for cool design. Like the last card we just looked at. Really cool. This, boring. No thought put into this whatsoever. And I that, think and that, and that you're looking in the wrong places. You're looking for love in the wrong places, Kyle. That's all it is. Well, all right. Since we've pretty much looked at all of our money cards now, let's wrap this up. So, Stu, what are your thoughts on Commander 2020? What is the impact here? The impact, so, all right. The main way how I always assess Commander products is most of the time, the Commander that they are going ahead and showcasing, they are usually uninspiring to me. Now, that's just me personally. That doesn't mean they're bad. Even when Atraxa was going ahead and coming out, people were going crazy about it. I wasn't. I had the decks I like. I mainly look for more support cards. and But the cool thing about these sets is there are tons of amazing support cards specifically for Commander, and you need to take note of those because they do stay around for a long time, and it does give us access to certain things that we wouldn't get in a normal set. Like the Altar, for example, going ahead and have something specific that's for a format that we love to play. So, And it's, again, these prices are going to be a little less intense as something from like Ikora because people aren't trying to use these cards to win tournaments yet because Commander's not set up for that way. But if that happens, I guarantee you this will be a little bit different. So as for the fact of the support cards, they're not bad. There's some good ones out there. Some of them could be better than that horrible in that regard. But for how I generally look at it, the Commanders don't have to necessarily shine for this to be good for me. And for that... I enjoy where it's at. I like getting more cycling support. I like getting some old touch-ups, a little bit of some new. Not all these are going to be, like, you know, winners. Like, we see some of, like, the old-school Commander products where it's, like, they had group hub decks. If you don't like those, you're not going to like that product. But there is something in every product that is, like, all right, I do need this. This is something Mono White is craving or Boros needs and stuff like that. So I think they did a good job with that. I think they're still figuring out Commanders because it's a thin line between being not good and crazy good and they don't know how to do that yet um, yeah well clearly i mean this was yeah my, my overall thoughts on this release ugh. <laughs> like <laughs> that, that that pretty much says it all like you're crazy I'm kinda, dude I mean, you're just and, crazy well, hey hey in fairness i'm kind of the opposite of you because when i see a new commander product I look for innovation. I look for cool new commanders for me to brew new decks around and get all excited about. This one, in that respect, did not deliver even one little bit. Like, it was extremely disappointing for me. And yes, do I have to admit that there are some cool, you know, support cards and gems in here, like the Altar, the Molten Echoes, you know, these cards? Yes. Are they, are they cool? Absolutely. But overall, it just was a huge letdown. And where I think that comes from is, in retrospect, I hope they don't do this again. I think it was a mistake by Wizards to tie the Commander products into the set itself. That kind of locks you into a certain card design and a certain set of themes because you, you like they felt like they had to make a Mutate Commander. They felt like they had to make a Keyword Soup Commander. They felt like they had to make a Cycling Commander. When no, none of these are things that anybody cared about or asked for. Well, but that also being said, like it doesn't have to be something that people are asking for. Just because you're asking for it doesn't mean you need it or you know what you want. Because they have the cards that are coming out years to come already planned. So they know how some of these cards are going to interact better in the future than we do at this current state of time. So they have to plan kind of by looking forward and backwards at the same time. And that's not easy. So I, I'm not as 
you know, mom, dad, I'm not getting grounded. That's not right. Like, I'm not like all up in their faces for that. I think it's like, all right, they're they're trying. This wasn't a set they signed up for. They this is like legit finding out like, oh, you have to take care of this problem now because otherwise you're missing out on a golden opportunity. Like Wizards got forced into doing Commander because we love it. So this is something that they're trying to figure out why we love it. Well, but the, and they've done great in the past. The, this time, they clearly know how to do it right, but this time it just felt like they didn't care about getting it right. Like, it, it's it's just a bunch of big, dumb, generically powerful stuff that is not interesting or creative in any way. And that frustrates me. Like I said, I look to my commander products for innovation because they're not tied to what's going on in the game right now. They could be absolutely anything. And the fact that they had to tie themselves down to themes for this one it just, it, it ruined it to me. It, it's really just not anywhere close to as interesting or good as it could have been. I hear you. How can you eat your pudding if you don't eat your meat? I got you. Know, <laughs> uh, it's loud and clear, Kyle. Yeah. Overall, overall, the set just didn't deliver. So whatever I rated Ikoria, I would rate this worse, honestly. I think you said it was a C- minus for Ikoria. I, well, the Ikoria is just like a solid C. This is like a D, honestly. <laughs> Um, I'd give this more of a C, uh, flat C on this one. Just as again, it's commander products themselves. They can't go and do too much with it. Like we saw when they did a Traxa, like that whole four color set with partners and everything else, they, they kind of did a really good job, but they haven't been able to reach the bargain. So they've been kind of uh, learning to face it out. Well, and, and there are no, I mean, in this set alone, if you want to talk about stupid uncreative strategies, there are like, I think five, count them, five commanders in this release that focus on you building wheel decks. I hate wheel decks. They're so infuriating to me. Yeah, they're so it's just, it's, no just edge. A, it's just the worst, most uncreative strategy ever. Oh, I'm just going to play a bunch of wheels, draw some cards, discard some cards. Oops, I win. Really? You're God, really going to tell me that takes you skill? Have nev- you have never played a wheels deck ever. So, like, you have no idea how to even use a wheels deck. You just assume it's mindless. <laughs> that, because it is. There is, nothing, there is nothing mindful about picking up your cards, putting down your cards, and picking up some new ones, and then, oops, I win the game because I have stuff in my grave. Great. You know? Uh, uh, yeah. No. No, dude. You're never going to convince me that it takes skill. <laughs> Make a deck like that, then. Boom. Anyway. Enough said. <laughs> so that's going to conclude this. Oh, uh, real real fast. We'll do a poll. Does it take skill to use a wheel deck? We'll put that blip over Kyle's head. We'll, we'll see. What, I would love to hear what you guys yell at him in the comments down below. But, um, yeah, right. That's going to conclude our magic moment that we're looking at uh, C2020. Uh, but for the moment... You can go ahead and let us know your thoughts and opinions everywhere on social media. We have our own subreddit. We have our decks on Tapped Out. We have our pages on Facebook. We got Twitter, Instagram. We got our email address. Uh, also, we got ourselves on our podcast now. So you can go ahead and listen to us on the go. That's in Anchor. All these links are down uh, in the description below. All at the handle, the card. And also, we are available via TCG Player right down there. Um, as an affiliate, 
So use that link that's down in our description when you go to the page, shop around for some cards. And if you use that, you can see that uh, people can see that, you know, you like what we do and support us in return. So yeah, please consider that next time you go purchasing your C2020 or Ikoria cards coming up. But until then, I am Stu. And I'm Kyle. And, and he's we'll wrong. see you next we will time. See you next time at the card at the pool. card pool. Oh yeah, nice. I'm just throwing that in there. Well, you're not wrong. You are Kyle, but you're wrong about a lot of other things. Uh, I don't. I am not wrong, dude. Really? Really?